Joe Siddle. Tom Crawford. Holy Mackinac, you're listening to Win City Sports. What up, everyone, and welcome back to the Wind City Sports Podcast, Windsor's only local sports podcast, brought to you by Annisburg Chevy Buick GMC. Wind City Sports is Windsor's only local sports podcast, bringing you weekly interviews with local athletes, coaches, entrepreneurs, and much more. Available everywhere podcasts are found, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts, every Monday morning with a brand new interview featuring a local uh, person in our sports world here in the Windsor Essex community. We have a huge uh, social media following on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, as well as YouTube. So give us a like, follow, subscribe, and whatever platforms you might use. Check out our YouTube channel. Give us a review and rating on whatever uh, app or, or social media you might use, as well on Spotify and, and Apple and all that stuff, hopefully giving us a nice positive review. But I'll probably remind you of that later on in the show. But today is Monday, January 24th, 2022, and it's episode 241 of Win City Sports. And this week we have uh, quite the unique one for you. Uh, not a ton of uh, local sports news to talk about again, except for our Spitfires and maybe a couple other things we might have missed from last week on uh, our podcast with uh, Evan Mathias, the Ottawa Senators video coordinator director of analytics and formerly of the Windsor Spitfires, but this week we do have a very unique interview. We're coming to you from the new Sport Vision Windsor facility in conjunction with Brogan Probert's Probert Performance, and of course you know that name, daughter of Bob Probert, and uh, she's obviously doing her own thing, but kind of working with another uh, organization in Windsor run by husband and wife TJ Josevesky and Melissa Bussey. So I'm not going to spoil it for you guys. We'll hear it right from the horse's mouth uh, very shortly this week on the Win City Sports Podcast as we get into our uh, trio interview with all three of our guests in Brogan, TJ, and Melissa. They uh, tell us, you know, obviously about their backgrounds and how they kind of got involved in, in what they do now and how the facility and uh, organization and companies really came to be, both focusing on their own line of uh, sports therapy but working together to create uh, a unique juggernaut, uh, well-oiled machine for the Windsor-Essex community and all of our fantastic athletes and uh, and community members. But uh, we're going to talk about that uh, throughout the show, and in a little bit we'll get to that interview. Got to get you caught up with the Windsor Spitfires and, of course, tell you about Amherstburg Chevy Buick GMC. They are our official sponsor of the Wind City Sports Podcast. Amherstburg Chevy Buick GMC is proud to serve drivers all throughout the Amherstburg, Windsor, Kingsville, LaSalle, and beyond areas. Uh, they believe in providing top quality service to everyone that walks through the doors, and I can attest to that. This includes assistance with picking out a new ride, financing it, and keeping it in top quality condition. Check them out on AmherstburgGM.com or on Sandwich Street South in Amherstburg to check out the showrooms. They still have the holiday countdown event extended into the new year, offering great deals on the new 2022 Buick Enclave and the new 2022 Chevrolet Blazer. Again, that's Amherstburg Chevy Buick GMC located on Sandwich Street South in Amherstburg, or you can check them out on AmherstburgGM.com and tell them the Wind City Sports Podcast sent you. Do have a couple other uh, sponsors to talk about uh, throughout the show. As I let you know, we do have some great discount codes available for you in our link uh, link tree account. If you go to our bio on any of our social media and hit the link in our bio, there are offers there for Instacart, Bet Us, 
and now East Coast Lifestyle, giving you 20% off uh, East Coast Lifestyle clothing when you enter the code WINCITY, as well on betus.com. Sign up for a 125% bonus with the code WINCITY. Talk about that uh, after the interview as well. But before we get to the interview, I want to get you caught up with our Windsor Spitfires. Although it's been what seems to be a pretty quiet month here in Windsor and Ontario, the Spitfires are still playing and actually picked up a win in their last game. But by the time you're listening to this, it will be Monday morning or afternoon, hopefully morning if you're a big Win Cities fan. But um, they were supposed to play yesterday, Sunday the 23rd. Um, at uh, the WFCU, actually, um, against the Kitchener Rangers. They had played them, um, well, actually, sorry, I guess they played them Friday night, and and that would have been their last game that they actually lost. Um, They won a game at the WFCU on Thursday. But anyway, that game has been postponed, and they're supposed to be playing at home this Thursday. That will be our last game before things hopefully start to open up. Uh, Speaking of which, obviously, you know, the announcement is now 500 people will be allowed into the WFCU as of February 1st for the games. And I'm not sure if that's going to be season ticket members only or, you know, I'm sure they have more than 500. So who knows what will actually happen. But anyway, we'll get you caught up with the last week of Windsor Spitfires action. So the Spits were able to complete two of their three scheduled games in the last week. They still have a bunch postponed from uh, December and January that hopefully they'll uh, schedule soon. But on Sunday, as we talked about last week, they won uh, at the WFCU a 6-3 final over Flint. Following that, they had a game with the Sioux Greyhounds, a close division rival, with a 3-2 final shootout for our Spitfires. Uh, Head coach Mark Savard, his son Tyler Savard, put up a goal and assist for the Sioux that day. And as Windsor was trailing 2-0 going into the third, Captain Will Cooley and Matt Maggio were able to tie it up for the Spitfires. Maggio with a goal and assist going into the overtime, obviously running through that five minutes and winning in the shootout. From there, they suffered a tough 4-2 loss to the Kitchener Rangers in their home barn at the Odd on Friday. Again, we're supposed to play yesterday with a kind of back-to-back header with the with the Rangers, but that is now postponed. As now, uh, going forward, um, Thursday, they are set to play uh, uh, at the WFCU against the Sarnia Sting, and Friday uh, going up to Guelph, and then Saturday up to Erie. So things go according to plan. They'll be playing at home on Thursday and then going for a little weekend road trip before returning home to Windsor that following Thursday, and fans pending. Tickets pending, all of it pending. We'll never know what the future may hold. And speaking of which, we might have a bright future for Windsor here. Um, in regard, obviously, we always have a bright uh, community and future in sport, but we have something very unique now in the city uh, for the last year or so, a little bit under the radar. And obviously, due to the pandemic, has been a little bit different than than most. But we're going to get into our interview this week and learn a lot about Sport Vision Windsor and Probert performance from. Brogan Probert, TJ Josevesky, and Melissa Bussey. So, here we go. So right now I'm joined by a few individuals representing both Sports Windsor, Sports Vision Windsor and Probert Performance. First off, a longtime local coach and TJ Josevesky. Welcome to the show, man. And, uh, you know, joined by one of his partners and a very close partner, I would assume, and his wife and Melissa Bussey. Welcome to the show. Hello. And finally, um, you might know her, you might know the name for Probert Performance. It's Brogan Probert. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. So as mentioned, we're kind of kind of 
get to know everyone a little bit, know your backgrounds and what you're doing. And uh, we're going to be all over the place between uh, me and, and you guys, I suppose, uh, asking questions. But to get started, I guess, with TJ and Melissa, um, you know, I know TJ have a coaching background, uh, Melissa, you know, in op optometry. So just kind of tell me a little bit about yourselves. Are you guys from Windsor? Did you end up relocating here? Uh, just tell me a bit about yourselves. Yeah. So we're both born and raised in South Windsor. Um, yeah, we're yeah, met high school sweethearts, uh, met uh, grade 12 high school and stuck it through. And here we are today with uh, our new business here in Windsor. Um, as you alluded to, uh, I've been coaching for about seven years now, uh, both hockey and soccer. Um, and Melissa's always been a very passionate hockey fan, uh, grew up uh, a massive Red Wings fan and, and still to this day. Um, and our business really started on, uh, that foundation of where we wanted to be. Uh, Melissa has been in practice for 11 years now, um, in school in started schooling in Chicago, uh, did her optometry school there, uh, then came back down this way, working both in Detroit and Windsor, uh, throughout her time there, um, and having a lot of exposure in the sports side, as well as regular optometry, working with some professional teams along the way to get to where she's at today. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. So Melissa, like, how does, how do we kind of get to there? Cause you know, obviously optometrists kind of going to school for one kind of specific uh, field or like practice, right? So how do you kind of get involved in like the sport aspect of, of um, helping athletes with their vision? Yeah, that's a good question. So sports vision, unfortunately, is not too well known over here. And when I was in school, it was kind of just starting to make waves in the U.S., um, so it is derived from some forms of vision therapy, um, tools, exercises, and resources that we use, um, to help individuals that actually have binocular vision problems. And somewhere along the way, we said, okay, through these exercises, we know we can enhance things, um, and athletes need to be at their peak performance. And, um, so a lot of research was done to show that we can actually prove those things in athletes to help them with their game, to improve their game. Um, and so when I was in school, I started um, joining force forces with some local optometrists to do some sports vision training camps and things of that nature. And it started piquing my interest. And then throughout my career, I have been fortunate enough to work with some teams in the NHL um, MLB recently and the NBA. Um, so I knew it was something that I really enjoyed. And then what sparked my interest even more is when TJ started coaching hockey again. Um, you know, I would go to pretty much every game. I loved being there. And one thing that, you know, was starting to bother me was the rate of concussions that I was seeing both in our team and other teams and, you know, wanting to be able to help with that and prevent that. I think we're, you know, very good at looking at rehabilitation, but it really hasn't been explored into how to prevent these things. So um, I, I was really interested in sports vision. I was like, this is where things are going to overlap and make the difference because there's been a lot of research to show that teams that implement a sports vision training program actually see a drastic rate in concussions. Um, so I knew it was something that I wanted to open up over here. So I said to TJ, this is something I want to do, but nobody in Windsor or Canada 
Yeah, probably a good place to do it, right? Like you mentioned, I mean, uh, small market and, uh, I, I, well, you know, a good market with a lot of athletes in the, in the area, which exactly. we'll talk about too, yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah. So TJ, um, kind of getting back into coaching a few years ago, is it, was it because of the kids or something? Uh, how did that kind of No, it was, you know, I, I got a, a fortunate start, uh, fell into it kind of midway through a season, actually originally coaching Brogan's younger brother, Jack, okay. uh, was where I started. And that's how we all got to know each other actually, oh, yeah. um, was through that connection. So, uh, that was way back when shortly, I, I think it was like 20, 2015 is when I first started coaching, um, took a break for a bit and decided I missed it. Um, didn't realize how much I was going to miss it and then got back into it. Uh, and I'm glad I did because it led us to this. Um, we, when we had that team, as Melissa was talking about, we started implementing some sports vision training with them. And, you know, like every great story, like Google and Amazon started out of our garage. <laughs> um, we put in a synthetic ice pad and a turf pad in our garage uh, and hosted sports vision training for the team I was coaching in that garage uh, weekly for them and had everybody running through it. We took some data from that, gauged the interest of the, the parents, the athletes throughout that period, uh, and decided, let's go all in. Um, it seemed that people were intrigued by it. It seemed like the athletes uh, enjoyed the work as well as seeing the development they were getting out of it. Um, and, you know, here we are. Cool. Very cool. I mean, just a passion for, for sport, kind of a mutual passion for sport between all three and obviously Brogan, uh, sorry to keep you waiting, but, uh, we oh, talked a little yeah. bit about the, the backgrounds of everyone. And of course we do know a bit about your background. I mean, growing up here in Windsor with, um, you mm-hmm. know, NHL all-star dad, but, uh, I'm sure this all kind of goes back to your roots being here in Windsor, um, after all your endeavors and practice and, and education, I'm sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it was really nice to come back to Windsor and to be able to open up my practice here with TJ and Mel, um, being able to bring it back to our hometown for all three of us. I think that was really important um, for building our foundation of the business for sure. Yeah. And, you know, um, especially for you, maybe uh, kind of, you know, given uh, the kind of your upbringing too, you know, kind of being involved in the game and seeing some things. I think that kind of led you towards like the path that you wanted to take in education and and um, work, I suppose, right? To try to, uh, similar to Melissa, better um, the lives of athletes. Yeah, definitely. I think that's the bottom line is I'm here to help athletes achieve their goals, their performance goals, but I really just want to help people. And that's the baseline of it is I try to see athletes, well, the person first. I want to see them as a whole person. And then I recognize that athletic identity is obviously a really important aspect of who they are as well but i think it's just going back to helping them do their best and and accomplish what they want to accomplish so that's kind of a common theme through all of it yeah and that's probably how you guys you know become the perfect fit i mean obviously knowing (laughs) each other before as well um small world i guess didn't i didn't realize that right so yeah. (laughs) um, yeah so i mean it's like you know it seemed to me like it was like you know again two perfect kind of things and you're kind of just getting involved in, in the facility correct mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. it's going just all the more when we started working together we realized how much our um careers and interests overlap and how much of a good pairing it is when you pair the sports vision training with the mental performance coaching and it's it's it really is incredible how much i 
now I don't see how you do one without the other. It's, uh, it's really fantastic. Yeah. They build off of each other in an incredible way that I personally could not have envisioned for myself. Like the opportunity could not have been better. The fit could not have been better. Our athletes are really getting a one, two punch out of this. They're, they're getting the best of both worlds. And I think the fact that neither of these services is really available it's not as readily available in Canada. There's a couple, but I think in Windsor, we're really the only thing mm-hmm. we, we have around here. So we want to be able to provide that and give athletes that opportunity if they want it. Mm-hmm. And and anyone, like you mentioned too, right? Like it's, uh, the service is there for anyone that might need it. And um, mm-hmm. speaking of which, like you guys kind of alluded to, um, you guys are both, you know, experts in your own field or, or aspect of this, of this machine. And I'm sure uh, you can attest to that, you know, not everyone can do everything. So everyone focusing on their expertise and coming together to make this well-oiled machine is, you know, pretty much uh, where we're at at this point, right? Absolutely. That's a really good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, and as kind of talked about uh, before, you guys all had similar paths and, and passions. I mean, I'm sure everyone was involved in sports at, at some point in another growing up. And uh, well, then. <laughs> uh, yeah, what's, uh, what's, what's laying out there? I mean, you know, what, what did you guys do? I mean, was it everything from baseball to handball or did you guys focus on sports? <laughs> yeah, I, I played every sport, but was good at none. Let's put yeah. it that way. <laughs> uh, growing up, that was, you know, my parents hated me for that. Thing. Um, but I think grateful for it in the long run of, yeah, we we ran everywhere just like most kids in this city do. Of yeah. You played soccer, you played baseball, you played hockey. And yeah, I was a house leaguer probably at every sport I played and, and terrible at what I did. But um, it gave me a very well-rounded uh, profile uh, to take me to what I did here or what we're doing here today. Um and realistically, curling was probably the best sport I ever played. And um, out of everything I did play, that was my my claim to fame, I guess you could say. But, yeah. Um, but, hey, curling is not an easy sport. So. No, definitely not. Definitely <laughs> not. Right, but, uh, but yeah, um, that, that's kind of my background in sport. Uh, yeah, like you mentioned, literally every sport you can imagine under the sun, uh, I've played somewhat competitively at some point. Um and yeah, that's that's my side of it. So I played some soccer and basketball in grade school. And um, once I got into high school, not so much, but basketball was definitely my favorite to play. Mm-hmm. I've seen her shoot. She's she's impressive. <laughs> TJ Malik, I definitely have been around a lot of sports. I turns out it was the only one in my family who didn't play hockey, which was a really fun time, but I know the sport really well. So I've worked with a lot of hockey players as well. Um, but I personally, my sport was track and field. And so big runner, loved hurdles. I did that competitively travel for a few years. Um, and also volleyball and basketball, other sports in high school, but track was really my, my passion through and through. And I ended up becoming a track and field coach actually while I was doing my undergrad degree. So yeah, I was able to coach for about four or five years. And now I've had the athlete perspective, the coach perspective, and now the mental performance specialist. So mm-hmm. it's nice to have all different uh, perspectives. Oh, yeah, yeah, especially in, you know, today, today's day and age to have all that knowledge is so vital. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the world you guys are, are working into. And um, you mentioned kind of uh, Brogan uh, coaching in your undergrad. Where did you go to school again? So for me, I apologize. I should have said at the beginning. Um, I did my bachelor's at the University of Windsor in psychology. And then while I was doing that, I was able to coach at Tecumseh Vista High School um, for a lot of their hurdlers there for about four or five years. 
And then once I graduated at University of Windsor, I went out to California, just outside of San Francisco. And I did my master's in sports psychology at the John F. Kennedy University over there. And now I am back in school doing organizational psychology. So I'm doing that at Detroit Mercy to combine organizations with sports psychology. And to right now, I'm really great with teams and I'm already involved in a lot of organizations, but I do a lot of one-on-one work as well with athletes. And now this will help me take it to the next level and take our business to the next level too, of being able to work with full organizations, like an entire professional team or a college or university or even the whole NHL one day, who knows? So always it's for the stars. Yeah. Hey, that, I'm sure that's possible. And uh, quite the story that would be right. So um, I was going to ask, you know, how you guys kind of met. It got to this point, but I guess we could skip mm-hmm. over that. There's actually it's, when we started the business, Brogan actually just launched uh, Pro Performance probably a couple of weeks before yeah. um, we signed our final lease here of what we were doing. So we had, we were aware that she was getting into this. We didn't, you know, after I, we I stopped coaching Jack. We obviously lose touch a little bit because we're yeah. not always around each other as much. So we're kind of peripherally just through Facebook creeping, knew what Brooks was doing um, and saw the post. And literally after we launched this, Mel and I just slid into her DMs one day and said, hey, like, this would be a good fit for what we're doing. Like, let's have a chat about it. And during our construction phase, had her come through and uh, take a tour and had a chat. And it just kind of seemed like it fit perfectly. Oh, I still remember what I was on Instagram or Facebook one day. And when I saw you post that you're going to school for it, I was like, Oh, like, cause at that time opening up the sports vision place, I was like, Oh, it would be amazing. You know, to have this one-stop shop for, and I was like, I'm so sad. She's going to the state. It was so fast too. I think I had just made the decision. I had just graduated. I just made my logo. I'm like, okay, I'm going to start. This is the first thing. We'll just introduce it. And I posted it. And within, I actually think it was 24 hours. I received a message from them right afterwards. I was like, whoa, this is real. This is happening. And it just like the timing of everything could not have lined up better. And then I walked in and it was love at first sight. I'm like, amazing. Let's do this. Wow. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It seems like it all just fell into place perfectly for for all three and to and to work together right so uh, wow that's uh, that's amazing you know that you guys would be doing the same well similar things at the same time and really not really know what each other were doing right exactly yeah that's cool so um i guess for tj and melissa so what's kind of focus on um sport vision windsor if if i'm understanding it correctly because you guys are are starting your business while Brogan's over here doing her thing. So we'll get, we'll get to that and try to link them together. So mm-hmm. um, obviously it's kind of like you guys mentioned, just your, your backgrounds in, in coaching and, and optometry, trying to blend them together to create a new facility here. I'm sure it's, you know, a lot easier said than done. So how, how did it kind of come to be for you? Um, challenges you might've uh, faced, and especially it's pretty new. So um, doing this all through the pandemic, right? Yeah, yeah that, that was definitely, you know, something that probably set us back a little bit yeah. when that all first happened. Um, yeah, sure. it, it's some, it's been a dream of Mel's to, and I guess we should I preface with, so we have the, the facility of sports fish in winter, but it's also tied with her optometry practice here as well and the yeah. optometry. So we do have everything under one roof along with the performance side of things. Um, so we, we did try to create that one-stop shop mentality here. Um, but it's something that Melissa wanted to do for years and years uh, of be her own practice owner. Uh, it's just when was the right time. And, um, you know, we spent our early years traveling. Uh, so we knew that wasn't the right time. So we, we did a bunch of traveling, decided, hey, not the right time, not the right time. And then pandemic hit, 
slowed our lives down a little bit, obviously, with that. And about eight months into the pandemic, it was, well, if there's a time, now's the time. Um, people might think we were crazy for opening a business during the pandemic, but for us, it was our door opening to allow us to settle down and decide this was it. Um, and you know, found a, a location that was literally right around the corner from our home, uh, had some great landlords that got us set up really quick and allowed us to get established quick, get off the ground quick, um, and get this opened, uh, with everything going on, because it, it was a tool that we could even help develop athletes while a lot of people were shut down. Um, yeah, true. With sports being shut down as much as they were. Uh, with us being a medical training facility, we are still able to get athletes in here and do their medical side of their training to help them keep establishing their sport uh, while they've been off and, and improve themselves before they return to play. Uh, and that was one of our biggest concerns and something we had talked about as we were building the practice is concussion. You know, athletes went through a phase of they stopped sport. Then they, especially with hockey, they went back with, oh, we'll start with three on three and no refs. And then they went to four on four added maybe one or two refs. So you went from having 12, 13, 14 bodies on the ice to down to having six yeah. and no contact. So a lot of these players that were coming through their U14, U15, U16 years coming into their draft years, they're getting used to a sport without contact, letting their guard down a little bit, keeping their head down more often. And we had this massive fear that sports are going to come back and concussion rates are going to go through the roof. Um, and that's what we really wanted to attack and achieve. And, you know, all the efforts that we have come through, especially with hockey, I'll say they, they can avoid that play. They can avoid that hit. They see what's coming when they never did before. Um, so it's, it was very important for us to help maintain the health of the athlete throughout this entire process. Yeah. Well, that's very cool. and, and obviously the name speaks for itself. Um, no pun intended, but uh, as, you, <laughs> as you had mentioned, uh, you know, the athletes start to see things that, you know, they might not have seen before and that's that's your business is opening their eyes to to things that you know they didn't realize were there right it's not just yeah. seeing what you couldn't see before you know any athlete that i put through the program um when they come out they say the game seems slower they have more time to make decisions more time to react i mean it's it's incredible i even have some that you know i've had a few goalies come through and they're like i don't know why but the puck seems bigger like i can yeah. see it so much better um and that can be established you know they say the only thing that has changed is vision training um and now to the other side of that coin i've also had some athletes come in um i actually had one baseball player come in recently and you know thought he was seeing well and I administered an eye exam and all of a sudden it's like, you are not seeing well. So dad was here. I'm like, I'm going to put some contacts on him. We're going to go in the back. We're going to turn on the pitching machine. And he actually said, oh my God, I can actually see because there were little wiffle balls. He's like, I can actually see that there's holes in the balls now. Like he could see like the grooves in his dad, ma dad's mask. And yeah. that's, huge when you look at an average baseball player who sees 20 over eight and you know when you go from seeing 20 60 20 70 to 20 over eight that's the difference of reading those laces on the ball when they're coming in towards you to determine what's going to happen so um it's definitely very rewarding yeah and that's where having the optometry practice tied to the sports vision is is massive for us because you have that ability to right away to check it and see what's right or wrong and help improve the athlete you know we can only train the reaction and train um 
and improve what they're doing on the ice if they can see it clearly. And a lot of the athletes that may not have had eye exams growing up don't know any better. If you've always seen blurry, you just think that's normal. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And that's, you know, we we try to ensure that every athlete has an eye exam before we ever start. Uh, Mel also does a, a a motor skills test with them to make sure everything's functioning properly ahead of time. So we really do a deep dive to make sure that before they ever start their training program, they're already seeing and acting the best way they possibly can. Let's correct that baseline first before we ever get into the actual training. Okay. Yeah. I was going to ask that too. And I mean, you kind of, you kind of answered it, but it's just like, you think it's something that they might not realize um, that, you know, they just have a slight, you know, visual impairment and then, um, maybe not fixing, but enhancing that boom, yeah. you know, that's just it. They just didn't realize. Right. <laughs> like TJ, I put him through the ocular motility exam. TJ was a soccer goalie. And so we were looking at his eye teaming to see how everything looks and, you know, straight ahead, side to side, everything looked great. But the second he tilted his head down and had to look up, all of a sudden he had this big deviation where the eyes were not working together like they're supposed to. Um, So, you know, I asked him, like, have you ever noticed this? And, you know, that's why all the bills get scored on me and I never went (laughs) it. See, if you would have known those years ago, maybe you would have <laughs> could have made it. Who knows? Who knows what the possibilities could have been, right? Sports vision training way back then. You yep. never know. Yeah, well, it was exactly. accessible. But then, you know, that's the area. Like, as a bully, half the time you're crouched down, your chin's down a little bit. The eyes are in an upward gaze. So that's where we focus a lot of time on our training, too, to help, you know, in that stance where you're at most of the time during your game. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And, and all at the same time, while this is going on, Brogan, you're kind of – um, approaching the end of your schooling, I'm assuming, and thinking, okay, I want to start mm-hmm. practicing and, and proper performance came to be, or how did that go down? Yeah. So that's a good question. I was finishing up my master's degree in the pandemic. So I was fortunate enough to move home back to Windsor, um, at the start of the pandemic. So I was back home and I managed to finish my master's thesis. Everything was super great. Um, and then as I decided, I'm like, well, what am I going to do? I want to help athletes, but right now all sports are closed down. What, what can I do? And I was starting to really brainstorm like, well, this would actually be a really great time for athletes to capitalize on it. Mm-hmm. So they can't physically train, but some of the tools that I can help provide them with and, and walk them through, um, like imagery, visualization, mindfulness, resiliency, training, things like that could really be beneficial to get those mental repetitions in or start to build their mental game up to be a little bit stronger. So that when they wanted to come back and they could come back physically, they would be a little bit, they would still be training and they'd be a little bit more advanced or made some progress instead of staying at a standstill. So when I started thinking about it, I was just finishing up my internship at the university of Windsor. I was very fortunate to work with one of their teams there um, for an entire season before the pandemic hit. And one of the coaches reached out and was like, Hey, we're actually interested in working with you. Would you be willing to do some? I know that you've graduated. And I was like, it's actually a great, great timing. I'm thinking about launching my business. So let me get back to you and let me see what I can put together. So I ended up launching it and I did virtual training, which was the first few workshops I did was online. Very challenging. I've never conducted an online one before. So that was fun and new. Um, and then the timing of it, it was just, it worked out really perfectly starting in the pandemic. I think if I would have started prior to, it would have been even more challenging. Um, so being able to work with athletes on overcoming adversity and building resilience and all of these things that can translate to other aspects of their lives as well. Not just the sport 
I almost think that was more important for the timing as well. And those are, those are tools and skills that they're going to bring with them throughout their entire lifetime, not just right now in their, their college career or in their high school career, wherever they're at, it's going to be something that they can maintain and continue to build off of. So I think it was a blessing in disguise for sure. Yeah. I wanted to kind of just thinking about it as you guys were all talking, um, it's kind of outside of the box, I guess, a little bit from the, from the realm that we're talking about, but in regards to like the pandemic, you know, everyone can kind of look at it different ways, almost two different sides of the, of the fence where, you know, um, this sucks or it's like, Hey, there's opportunity here where, you know, your, your guys's fields were pretty much shut down, you know, and, and that was a very negative thing for everybody, but you guys, uh, were able to take that and make something positive out of it. So, um, not really a question, I guess, but you guys could kind of, kind of talk about, I guess, the, the mentality and the, the struggles, I guess you might've went through during that time thinking like, what the heck are we going to do? But then all of a sudden, boom, perfect, uh, perfect time, right? Mm-hmm. Who wants to go first? Yeah, yeah. I, I think, yeah, it's, like you said, it was it was definitely a challenge. And, and people look at you sideways when you say, hey, I want to open a business during yeah. this. Um, and, and like the number of times, you know, people are like, are you sure you want to do this? Especially with our close family, right? I've heard obviously concerned. They want to make sure you're making the right financial decisions and such. But um, yeah, we it, it's. I'm a risk taker. <laughs> she, yeah. She's the reserved one. So, you know, I was ever since she said she wanted to open her practice many years ago, I was like, okay, let's go. Like I'm in anytime you want, let's go, let's go, let's go. Um, and I've ran a bunch of small businesses because why not throughout the time we've been together. And yeah, that was my other big Windsor claim to fame was bringing bubble soccer here, but, um, <laughs> nice. but so I got to have my business. So it was time for her to open hers. And, um, you know, it, yeah, she struggled at the, at the start. Optometrists were shut down that first lockdown. Um, fortunately, the government rescinded that after that first lockdown has been able to be open since. But the thing, a big challenge is a lot of people here lockdown or the current shutdown that we're in now and think everything's just closed. Yeah. Um, not realizing that a lot of things are staying open or that optometry is closed the first time that you can't stay open or that sports vision, it's sports, it can't stay open. But again, we're a medical facility. So uh, it's the biggest challenge for us, I think, has been letting people know we are here, we are open. Um, and we've been trying to push that along and let people know that we're here and just spread that word. Um, I think that's the biggest challenge we've had today is just letting people know that we're here, we're open, we're ready to see them. And you know, for individual training, it's all, it's one-on-one with a doctor. Uh, so that's, that's kind of what we do and what we hit the biggest challenge that we've had to overcome. Uh, And our initial challenge is, um, we actually started looking at different places before the pandemic mm -hmm. when I was finally like, okay, maybe I'm going to, you know, put my good, my big girl pants on and, you know, (laughs) Find the courage to open this because you, like I said, nobody knew what it was. So I had my reservations. Like, is this actually going to be well received or not? So I started taking the plunge, dipping my toes in just before the pandemic hit, and then COVID hit, and we couldn't look anymore. And uh, I was getting really frustrated trying to find a good location, the perfect fit, and. Uh, this place popped up and I sent TJ an email saying, I want to go see it. And I walked in and I was like, this is mm-hmm. what I've been waiting for. So again, everything happens for a reason. And I think mm-hmm. the stars just kind of align for us in that aspect too. Yeah. So we've been very, very fortunate mm-hmm. um, with everything that's happened. And, um, you know, from the sports vision side, it wasn't 
well, um, very much affected, but from optometry, you know, in addition to the pandemic, mm-hmm. optometrists went on strike <laughs> with OHIP. So if I can get the pandemic to a job action at the same time, I think, uh, mm-hmm. I think we're going to survive. So double whammy. Yeah. <laughs> just a one-two punch, but it makes you stronger. So uh, here we are. And I would say, honestly, mine's very similar to Mel, not necessarily with the job action, all of that going on, but I was also a little bit reserved and more hesitant and a little bit more scared. I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? It's a pandemic. Is this going to work? Yeah. It's, it's an, not only a pandemic, but it's also in an area that it really hasn't been available. Or I wish I would have had this in high school or at college, because I think that it would have been really beneficial for either service. And that's something that when you start in a new a new place, you're like, wow, this isn't really established yet. People don't know what these fields are. And they... Yeah they don't really understand what it is you do. And there's a lot of misconceptions around that. And then people are a little more hesitant to start right away. But I think once we were able to start expressing what we do and articulating it in a nice clean way, like very simple, like guys, we're just trying to help you reach your optimal performance, your best performance, mentally, physically, emotionally from sports vision and corporate performance combined. Um, people started pouring in and I'm really thankful, especially in the summer, it was very well received right when we opened and, I think all of our fears, at least for me, I can't speak for both of us, but my fears that were initially there of, are people even going to be willing to do this? Are they going to take the leap with us? Because Canada is a little bit more behind, I think in the United States and oh yeah, the United States, Australia, the UK, sports psychology is a field and even sports vision training is more commonplace. Yeah. Um, Coming mainstream. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's just all over the place and all these elite athletes, especially in the States, like Steph Curry's publicly spoken out about and him and his trainer about doing sports vision and mental performance coaching. And at the time when he started like 10 years ago, they, they thought he was crazy. They're like, that's not the typical traditional way of training. Like, what are you doing? And then he ended up breaking all these records and being one of the best players in the league. And his trainers publicly said that they attribute that to that combination of that unique training. So I think once people start to open up their, their eyes and their minds a little bit more, they're going to see the benefits that this could provide. Absolutely. That's perfectly where I want to kind of go next. Cause um, I mean, I was going to say like, you guys have been around the United States and and how advanced it is for this kind of research and, and the Mm -hmm. sports as well, depending on what, you know, what sport you're talking about, but um, you're all end up back home, which I, I, I love, but I find interesting because not only is it, is it home, it, there's a great market here for, for athletes, as we talked about before. So, you know, traveling around the United States, you guys could have popped up anywhere, but, you know, it was, it was awesome to come back home and do it here, you know, just to kind of allude to the, the sport community here in Windsor. Yeah. It, you know, that's one of the first things we say, uh, or when we had some internal discussion is Windsor has so many great athletes. So many. And I don't think they get, you know, the publication or the publicization of it or the traction that they should be getting for what actually come the products that come out of this city. I think a lot of people don't know how many good, great athletes come out of this city and you know, not even just the four main sports over here in North America, but how many players go to Europe and play. Yeah. Uh, we have a great uh, recognition for that of what's going on here. So um, that's something that we want to advertise and we want to you know, boast and sell. And we love hanging jerseys of our athletes that come through here to show who we've worked with. And, and we're proud of what our athletes do. Um, and that's something that we've always, we want to see our athletes succeed. We want to grow and succeed with them. So um, it, it's great to see, you know, something like we're doing here to help promote athletes, promote what's going on. You know, that's what we always want to do is show off and showcase what Windsor can offer. Yeah. 
And does. We're, we're, we're trying to the city. We're proud of the athletes and you know, even through the construction, like we tried to use as many Windsor local products as we can and uh, resources that we could here. Uh, so it's all, it's all about trying to create the community here and, and boasting what we have. Yeah. And as you guys know, I'm sure that there's, there's definitely some positives in this community here, uh, especially yeah, in, in the, in the sport world, the community. And, and uh, of course, you know, uh, before the pandemic, <laughs> there was a, yeah. a lot of good times for, uh, for the people in the, any, any sport, you know, those were, mm -hmm. that's why I do this. That's why, you know, like I, that's all I ever liked. So uh, I'm sure you guys can, uh, can agree. And we wanted to make sure the athlete, like when we were doing this, we had discussed a lot of, you know, how much equipment do we bring in? You know, obviously there's a massive financial impact of such. And, and we had that debate and, and Melissa said right from day one, we spare no expense. You know, we want to give the athletes here every opportunity possible. We're not opening this with only half the things we should have, or only some of this and that it's we're going all in giving the athletes every possible tool they can do. And we brought in tools that Michael Jordan used. We brought in tools that's been developed for Manchester United, um, all these great clubs from around the world that have been working on this technology for years that nobody really knows about. We made sure we brought it all. There, there isn't one tool in here um, that we don't need. And there are one tool in here that we regret bringing in because we wanted to make sure that the athletes had, no matter what their situation was, what they were training for, we had the right tools for them to succeed. And in addition to that, not only the tools, but the space, because it's one thing to do the training, but it's another thing you have to integrate it. So we're like, well, how can we integrate this? So that's why we brought in the synthetic ice pad. That's why we brought in the turf and all these other tools so that we can actually implement the training with your sport. You know, think about ice. Like if a parent wanted to integrate it with the sport, you know, they would have to rent an ice pad and try and get the ice time and how much you have to pay for that. So we're like, no, here, like even with Rogan, we can talk about it, walk out of the room and implement it right away. So um, that was very important for us to do. Sure. And I, even in my field, um, I'm the only one that I know them that has done that so far so we really are unique and have something yeah. very special here yeah no and I think that's one of the nice benefits too that there's a lot of people in my field like I mentioned predominantly in the United States or the UK there are some really great ones in Canada as well just not as close by but one awesome benefit that I found from having the resources available having the ice having the turf having the weight rack everything there um, is the option to show the athletes, okay, this is how you can actually apply these tools. This is, if you're in a similar situation in a game or in practice, this is how you can use it. Because I think that's one thing that a lot of athletes that I have worked before with different internships or different jobs before I started my own practice, it's, can you actually show me how to do it and tell me where I can apply this? Yeah. So I know how to use it and how I can benefit from this. And I think that's beautiful. I walk out my office and like, Hey, really quick, do you want to test this out? Great. Um, sometimes they're willing to jump right into it. Sometimes we'll do one full session or sometimes I can even observe, I'll jump into Mel sessions with sports training and I get to ask my clients, like, Hey, do you mind if I observe? And if I notice things, can we incorporate breathing here? Can we incorporate things that we've been working on right now? It'd be a great time to try it. And they're going to get out as much as they put in. And I, that's a big thing. I think with all of our guests yes. and patients that come in here, it's we, we can talk to a blue in the face. We can tell you all of these awesome tools and teach you all these great things and show you how to do things. But at the end of the day, it's up to them on how to use it and practice it and apply it if they want to 
reap all the rewards and the benefits. So that's it. Mental mental envision training is no different than going to the gym to work out. You don't become a a muscle uh, builder or a strength builder after going to the gym once every three months. Um, You don't become the best shooter. Like Austin Matthews, one of the greatest shooters ever. He didn't shoot 10 pucks every Thursday and say, okay, I'm good. That's all I needed today. No, it's constant repetition, constant hard work, uh, putting in that dedication, the hard work. And uh, it's no different than any other aspect of your sports training that you'll ever do. If what we offer, it has to be that same commitment. Yeah. There's stuff that we do here. And then from both Rogan and I, we send things home with the athlete too. So you're not just doing things here. We're sending you home with tools that if you want to be successful, you have to do throughout the week. Um, in between our visits. Yeah, exactly. Team. Yeah, that's uh, that, I'm glad that you guys kind of brought that up too, because you know everyone learns differently, as I'm sure you guys know. But um, oh, yeah. sometimes for me, especially too, I got to see it and I got to see it work and and stuff like that. So uh, kind of a little point to what you guys were talking about too, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's that's I think why I was so excited when they showed me the facility too, is because I'm like you, is I I like to see it done first, and then I want to physically do it myself, or else it's not going to stick. I can't sit there and read it or just do it a couple times and it's going to work. I need to actually go through the motions. Then I'm like, all right, this is the right fit for me. Great, and I like to do that with my athletes if that's how they like to learn. And Mel does the same thing, and that's why we combine them. But if it's not working, okay, we adjust it. That's the beauty of it too. Is we want that open communication. We want that open door work tell me you're not going to hurt my feelings. If this one's not working for you, that's okay. There's no cookie cutter. One size fits all. We want to make those adjustments so that it's working on an individualized basis for each athlete. Yeah, that's what I was going to say too. Even if it's, if it's something you're struggling with um, or, you know, um, challenged with, if you can see the result, it, it really helps you kind of stick with the, the, the regimen, whatever it might be uh, Absolutely. to get it down. Right. Yeah. And I mean, we, we strive to challenge our athletes because if it doesn't challenge you, it won't change you whatsoever. And that's a big portion of what we're aiming to do is to help change them for the better and help them improve in any way they can. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So we talked a lot about the facility too, at least, you know, some of the special amenities that you guys might um, offer. And that's one thing I was going to ask again, you guys kind of mentioned a lot of the, the equipment that you have, but I'm sure there's a lot of things you guys have that, that really make you guys unique than other facilities in Windsor, not only like, I mean, the, the whole uh, foundation of the practice is completely uh, unique mm-hmm. compared to anywhere else. But, um, you know, like, like you mentioned, some stuff that high level athletes uh, have used before that obviously you did your research on and mm-hmm. uh, wanted to bring here. Yeah. And being in some of those facilities, working with the professional teams, they have these in their facilities. So we brought in equipment that they have at their facilities too, that they are utilizing. Um, So, you know, it's, I think both of our professions have been a best kept secret because if you have something that's working well for you in a professional setting and you're competing against everyone, nobody really wants to, you know, share their resources or share their, you know, what's working for them. Um, So it's, it's finally starting to trickle in and come to light. And I think it's really important. And I think they're both areas that have been, oversighted or neglected um or have you know the wrong sort of stigma about them as well so um i think it's it's important for us to shed light on these areas and for people to know how crucial it can be for not only their game but their well-being in general oh you're looking 
mental health and concussions. You know, 10 years ago, those were things you didn't talk about. Exactly. If you not had a, a massive head contact and you felt dizzy, oh, shake it off, get back on the play. Yeah. Uh, and I, I went through it when I was growing up, even in my terrible hockey days. Like, yeah, it's whatever, walking off, it'll be fine, get on the next shift. Mental health, don't talk about it. You seem weak. Yeah, don't say the C word. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Blue Mountain State yeah. reference, but they, it's, it is just something that, you know, it's like, you know, Bell Let's Talk Day is coming up as well, that, you know, people are finally starting to realize this is important to talk about and to get out there. It does not make you a weak individual to say that you need mental health help or say that you need uh, rehabilitation time to walk and, and put yourself away from the game. Um, Andrew Lee. He was, what, 24, 25 years old, retired from the NFL because he needed to step away from that game. And you look what happened with Eric Lindros, another great example of returning from concussions too early and ending their careers because of such. So uh, it's all stuff that you know ties into what we do and uh, has been long overlooked in the world of sports, especially you know, professional sports are taking it there, but in minor sports. It's still that stigma I find a little bit of you, you don't get that help. You seem weak because you're asking for help or what you might need. So uh, it's really important that we bring it down into youth sports and to semi-professional sports, that same uh, level of importance of these factors. It's important too. And I think Brogan can comment it on more. I think people think, you know, I'm sick in some way if I'm going to do this. And it's only if I have something wrong with me that I go. And Brogan does so much more than that. You know, she strengthens the connections that are really great. So I don't know. You can carry forward with that. Thank you. No, that's actually a really good way of wording it too. I think Mel nailed it on the head is it's not a bad thing. And that's one thing that I did find I was struggling with when I was in my sports psych degree, um, doing my education and even graduating. I was like, oh, you're a sports psychologist. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not a licensed psychologist. I do practice sports psychology and positive psychology. We really try to do performance enhancement, but even still, it's more of a proactive approach as opposed to a reactive approach. And you don't want to wait with your mental health, with your performance, any aspect of the mental game, basically of all the stuff we're training is you don't want to wait until there's a, a present problem, something that's really prominent and it's preventing you from achieving that next level or really pushing through and reaching your goals. You want to try and start adding in all these extra resources and support and building on your tools and trying to develop before there's an issue so that there isn't really an issue. And if there is one later on, then you have everything available to you to cope with that and overcome it and work through it. And I think that's the big thing that at least we're trying to encourage here is it's okay. And you can start earlier. You don't have to wait until there's an issue. And even if there is an issue, okay, let's address it. But there's nothing wrong with that either. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as I'm sure everyone will agree, sport is a, is a huge world. So, you know, from pro to amateur, as, as DJ was talking about and, and, uh, Brogan too, um, you know, just, um, I forget what I was going to say, but, (laughs) uh, it's cool that it's happening here in Windsor. Yeah, it happens all the time. So it's cool that it's happening here in Windsor, though. And, yeah. uh, you know, mm-hmm. that you guys are, are kind of starting this, well, maybe not starting the initiative, but really helping the initiative in Canada. Mm-hmm. And for Windsor to be part mm-hmm. of it is really cool. So um, that's obviously why I wanted to have you guys on, tell your stories and talk about the facility. It, it seems top notch. And, you know, if someone wanted to get involved, like, um, you, obviously you can reach out online. It's very easy to find you guys nowadays and you got a mm-hmm. physical location. Okay. So if people wanted to reach out, you know, obviously different, um, different services and aspects of it from, and, you know, maybe finding the right, uh, the right trainer or whatever title you might want to use for that person. Um, yeah. if someone wanted to get involved, how would you uh, suggest they do so? 
Yeah, so um, obviously it's a social media for all of us. Uh, sport, there's Sports Vision Windsor um, on uh, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, um, everything you can find us on. So Sports Vision Windsor is there, MB Optometry is there, Corporate Performance is there. Um, you know, a really good tool as well to help educate people on what we do. Um, on YouTube, there's a search Sports Vision Windsor. There's like about a three-minute video that'll pop up that we did early on uh, where both Brogan and Mel talk through uh, some advantages of what we do, how we do it. And there's some video on there showing what we actually do in our facility. Uh, so that's a great tool and resource to see what we do. And then even through our websites, uh, there's some help forms there. You can reach out to us uh, and we're always glad to have a conversation uh, and educate people on what we do and how we do it and, uh, and really make sure everybody understands uh, what we're here for and how we can help them. And even outside of our profession, we all have great resources. So yeah. like you were alluding to like a trainer or things like that, you know, we're not just here, we're committed to getting you in contact with the resources that you need. So um, we have a lot of connections throughout, you know, a lot of great people in different fields. If you're looking for anything, you know, sport related, you know, yeah. rehabilitative or enhancement yeah. or otherwise. So trying to do that thing. Yeah, exactly. It's actually the best way to say it too. Yep. Yeah. And I remember yeah. what I was going to say now was just that the, the mental aspect of it is huge. So obviously mm-hmm. Brogan coming in, into that part, I mean, uh, there's so, there's so much that goes into it, so many different aspects and um, now how advanced the, the technology and research is, we're really, you know, pulling at everything we can, which is, which is great. So, you know, mm-hmm. everyone struggles with, with something and you guys are kind of, you know, um, helping them out with that. It's, it's such a cool thing to be happening here in Windsor. So thank you guys a lot for uh, taking the time to chat with me. I'm sure you guys are very busy with everything. So. Thank you so much. I think we really appreciate the opportunity to be able to even express what we do here and share that with the world, because like TJ mentioned earlier, it's right now with our fourth lockdown, it's a little bit challenging and people yeah. don't always realize that we are open and we are available and we want to help. We want to provide a service. And if you're willing to use this time and capitalize on it. It's a great time to do it um, and we're available. So we're glad we were able to come on here and share a little bit more about that. Huge thanks goes down to the team at Sports Vision Windsor and Probert Performance and TJ, Melissa, and Brogan. Thank you guys so much for joining me on the Wind City Sports Podcast. That was done actually yesterday morning, and I wanted to get it out right away. Uh, A unique facility we have here in Windsor to join our uh, ever-growing and always prestigious athletic community, uh, sports community. I mean, it's a perfect thing to kind of complement what we have here in Windsor um, and the perfect place to to start practicing for, at least for uh, for Brogan as as a new therapist i guess you could say i never know what uh what title to give them I and mean, they can wear many different hats but um yeah i mean it's so cool that you know like i kind of mentioned in the in the interview they can travel the world and learn this stuff but decide to come home out of all places to to do it only because you know it's, it's home and it's a great place to to practice so uh, very cool stuff to be going on here in windsor again again why we like to do the show and, and tell these stories so thank you to the team down there and sport vision windsor again a whole nother thing that kind of i wasn't again no pun intended didn't really open my eyes to to really realize you know what they did until until i really did some research um you know and it's it's just cool to see um that we have this type of facility and it can be affordable and um, again, all the research that's going into it nowadays around the world, it's really cool that this group can uh, attempt to bring it to Windsor. 
And before we carry on, I have a f- couple things to tell you about. As you might have seen in the last couple of weeks, we have partnered with BetUs.com, America's favorite sports book. Sign up now and use the code WINCITY and hit the link in my bio at WINCITY underscore sports on any social media, and they'll give you a 125% bonus on uh, your first deposit. Going into the next round of NFL playoffs, you want to get your bets in and you want to make as much money as possible. So if you deposit some money, they're going to give you some a little bit, a little bit in return. They're going to give you some back. And all you got to do is use the code WINCITY for Win City Sports. Speaking of which, we have a new affiliate as well, and have partnered with East Coast Lifestyle out in, uh, well, the East Coast, Nova Scotia uh, founded company. Great material. When I got one out there to Halifax, I made sure that I wanted to pick up something, a sweater or something, and I left with a sweater, a quarter zip, and a toque. Uh, man, just top quality uh, product that they have, top quality merchandise, and one cool ass logo. Uh, great colors, great designs, all different kinds of stuff. And obviously appeal to the outdoorsy kind of people. It's wintertime. If you're going uh, snowboarding, skiing, anything like that, or if you just want to look really cool, then I suggest getting some East Coast Lifestyle gear, some ECL gear. And this is even better. The best part is you can get 20% off right now by using our code W-I-N-C-I-T-Y, WinCity. All one word gets you 25, or sorry, 20% off. And hit the link in my bio to get you right to that. Um, right to that site again w-i-n-c-i-t-y at east coast lifestyle gets you 20 percent off so get it while you can it's only going to last so long and we'll update you with a new code uh, going forward but now i'm going to try and get you caught up with as much local sports news as i possibly can Um, the nbl of canada is set to start their um, regular season on february the 18th i guess uh family day Uh, So they released a press release earlier this uh, week. They were set to begin their season on the second week of February with our Windsor Express kicking things off in Kitchener-Waterloo and then coming home um, that Friday. But they will be part of the Family Day two feature matchups when they take on again the the Sudbury Five. Uh, They'll be playing in Sudbury on Family Day uh, with the game starting at 2 p.m., uh, more to come on that as I might be involved in in um, promoting and commentating. And as I believe we mentioned last week, they have a new NBL TV streaming service where all the games will be able to uh, be streamed anywhere on the go. And it's kind of crazy as I run down our Twitter feed as we like to you know retweet a lot of local sports news. And as I go down the WindsorStar.com local sports section, there is nothing, barely nothing, except for our Windsor Spitfires, which we've talked about at the beginning of the of the show. So we might wrap it up quick. We had a nice chat with TJ, Melissa, and Brogan. But hopefully in the next two weeks, things will pick up again. The OUA is still on their, on their track to become elite. Uh, well, you know, be considered elite, I guess, even though they clearly are. Um, you know, maybe some more juniors will pop up, junior B and junior C, and uh, hopefully some other sports and, and recreational stuff as well in the next couple of weeks. So um, by the time I talk to you next week, it might be our last uh, last day of detention. So uh, looking forward to that. And until then, uh, that's it this week on the Wind City Sports Podcast. My name is Drake Demore, and I'm here every Monday with a brand new episode of the Wind City Sports Podcast available anywhere podcasts are found including spotify and apple uh check us out on facebook twitter instagram at WinCity underscore sports check us out on youtube youtube channel give us a subscribe there give us 
um, a review, a rating on anything you might use, any social media or platforms for podcasting. So check us out. Tell your friends. Spread the word of the Wind City Sports Podcast, telling stories of people in Windsor in the sports world. And you can also follow me, Drake Damore, on Twitter and Instagram, at Drake Damore. But until next time, smell you later.